الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال ربكم ادعوني استجب لكم ان الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخلين قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدعاء مخ العباده او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسفكت الله الكرام ردنا الدرس in the quran sharif allah taala has mentioned many many incidents of the people of the past the various nations that came and went and the quran sharif is filled with this discussion the discussion about the yahud the nasara the discussions about firaun and haman and qarun and the people of ad and samud so all this is for ibrad quran sharif is for ibrad for lesson and just as the quran sharif is filled with such incidents there are many many incidents that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam also explained and this too is not for the sake of some kind of pastime just to entertain somebody nauzubillah rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam whatever he mentioned was also an inspiration and a wahi from allah taala ma yantiqu anil hawa in huwa illa wahyu yuha this was a wahi and an inspiration Allah tabarak wa ta'ala Among the many incidents that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi explained about the people of the past one very well known incident that he has mentioned numerous times in Bukhari Sharif in Muslim Sharif many other books of hadith is the incident about the people of the cave this is the title by which this hadith is known the people of the cave one is the Quran Sharif Surah Al-Kahf this is the people that got trapped in a cave their incident so this incident is mentioned in many ahadith in much detail and this pertains to the people of somebody in the people of the bani israel so once rasulullah sallallahu alaihi explained this entire incident and the purpose as mentioned is for the sake of ibrad So first just to very very quickly summarize the whole incident without the details to get just an overview of what is the message the summary of the whole incident is the three people were traveling this just is in a nutshell the whole incident that they were traveling they suddenly got caught in a storm they took refuge in a cave and then there was suddenly a boulder a huge rock and a boulder that fell at the mouth of the cave which blocked their exit and it was a very bleak situation it seemed like this is death this is going to become their grave now and then each one presented some amal of his and made dua with the barakat of that amal such an amal such an action which was done solely for allah taala 
And each time one of them made dua and presented their amal, that rock moved a little, first time a little, but not enough, and the second time a little, but not enough. By the third time, the person who presented his amal, it moved enough for them to be able to leave. This is the whole incident in a nutshell. Now Rasulullah last week explaining this incident, obviously as mentioned, Nabi Wasallam didn't ever say one word for the sake of anybody's entertainment. It was for the sake of Ibrad. For the sake of giving a lesson to people till Qiyamah. And these incidents actually spell out principles, usul. They spell out what is the system. That just as these people were in a situation, they were trapped. There was a huge boulder in their way. They were out in the wilderness. There was nobody that could hear them. Nobody could see them. There was no way they could communicate their situation to anybody else. And outwardly it was like there is no hope. But where nobody else could see them, Allah Ta'ala was seeing them. Where nobody else could hear them, Allah Ta'ala was hearing and when nobody else could help them, Allah Ta'ala was there to help them. But how did this help come? What drew the help down? Because Allah Ta'ala is all hearing, all seeing, all knowing. Allah Ta'ala is all aware. And Allah Ta'ala is powerful over everything, has complete kudrat over everything. But Allah Ta'ala has a system in this dunya. person does something depending what it is, accordingly the result will come. So now what is the system by which the help of Allah Ta'ala descends? That system is being taught to us in this Hadith Sharif. So we also are in that kind of situation sometimes that we have various boulders in our way, various obstacles sometimes in our progress in Deen, Something is in the way which is not allowing us to progress in deen. There are things that are not allowing us to get past certain obstacles in dunya. How do we move past this? Sometimes it seems the person is like in the wilderness. Doesn't seem like anybody is even understanding what's his problem. Doesn't seem like anybody even can fathom what he is experiencing. And all kinds of things go through a person's mind at that time. That it seems like I have no way out. Allah Ta'ala is showing us here that where there was absolutely no hope of survival. Allah Ta'ala brought the survival. On the one hand, the lesson that is being taught is that you must comply with the system. Anyway in dunya, a person wants to achieve some result, he complies with the system. He complies with the system, Allah Ta'ala makes it possible to achieve the result. A person is making dua for something, but he doesn't adopt the means, then this is not something that generally happens. One person came to one Budruk and he is saying, make dua that I be blessed with children. So he made dua for him, then after some time again he came, and again he made dua for him, and again he came, and then something crossed. The Buddha's mind and he asked him that, how long are you married now? He said, no, I'm not yet married. 
So he says, well then you can carry on making dua your whole life, but you'll have to adopt the system, adopt the procedure that is in place, that is meant to be taken on. You make nikah, then you make dua, Allah Ta'ala out of his grace, inshallah, will bless you with children. So the system is being taught to us, that adopt the system, comply with the system that Allah Ta'ala has placed. We understand the system very, very simple in many things, that water will cool and fire will burn. We comply with it. Nobody deliberately puts his hand in the fire. And a person is thirsty, he drinks water, he wants to cool himself, quench his thirst. We understand the system. We comply with it. So just as we comply with the system in that regard, there is a broader system. And the system is the link between our a'mal and the conditions that prevail upon us. Then the lesson in this, at the same time is, that way it appears that there is no help. It's possible that the makhluk would come to a dead end. But there's no dead end for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is qadir over everything. So the thing is to always turn to Allah Ta'ala. We often turn to the means only and forget everything else. And dua, dua is a last resort. It seems like now nothing is helping, then we turn to dua. Whereas dua is the first thing to turn to. So in any case, to come back to this incident, Rasulullah is explaining to the Sahaba Ikram that there were three people in Talaqa Salasatu Nafarim Mimman Kana Qablakum. From among the people before you, the one Israel, three people were going on a journey. Now the commentators of Hadith state that certainly these people were awliya. They were the pious servants of Allah Ta'ala. And the clear indication of this is from the fact that Allah Ta'ala caused this rock to move out of their way, which is a miraculous situation. That there was no external means. They couldn't push it out. Without external means, Allah Ta'ala made this happen for them. This happens for the special servants of Allah Ta'ala. Doesn't happen for everyone. But despite them being awliya, which is very clear from this, despite them being the great walis of Allah Ta'ala, yet the situation came about that they got trapped in this cave and it appeared that this is the end of the thing for them. How did this happen? Why did this happen? If they were so pious, they were so close to Allah Ta'ala, then how did this, why did this happen? So Allah Ta'ala's hikmat is beyond our comprehension. We have to submit to Allah Ta'ala's hikmat. But sometimes Allah Ta'ala brings about a situation for somebody as a test. لِيَنْظُرَ كَيْفَ تَعْمَلُونَ That test is not there to bring about destruction for somebody. For somebody who is close to Allah Ta'ala. لِيَنْظُرَ كَيْفَ تَعْمَلُونَ Allah Ta'ala wants to see what's the reaction now. How true is that claim or that claim to worship Allah Ta'ala alone, the claim of the kalima, la ilaha illallah. How true and genuine is that loyalty to Allah Ta'ala wa Ta'ala. And then Allah Ta'ala makes that incident where somebody was put through a test and then passed the test. Allah Ta'ala makes that an ibrat for the people of that zamana and time and for the people shul qiyamat. Now when this might have happened and then Nabi Wasallam mentioned it, and today, centuries later, we are still taking a lesson from it. 
until Qiyamah people will take a lesson. So sometimes somebody is put in a situation as a test. But then Allah Ta'ala makes it possible for that person to pass that test also. And after having taken him through that test, Allah Ta'ala makes his situation, his incident a means of lesson for others. So nevertheless they were walking and they were obviously going to something that was good. Something that was within the limits of the deen of Allah Ta'ala. In a narration of Musa Ahmad, this detail is there. That they were actually going to look for better pastures for their animals. Why? Because this is a responsibility that they have to care for their families. They have to earn a living for themselves, for their families. What they were going out for was an ibadat as well. With the right intention. With the right intention, this too is an ibadat. And if that intention is not in order, the intention is merely just to earn dunya for the sake of earning dunya, then that great opportunity of ibadat has been lost. Obviously it must be done correctly. There mustn't be any cutting corners in it. It must be done the way Allah Ta'ala will be pleased with it. So for that we have to learn the masail. Whatever pertains to our trade, our occupation, our profession, to know the masail that pertain to it. We are not doing something that cuts corners. Otherwise, we will lose that ibadat also, and Allah forbid it might become a means of drawing azab down. A person is involving himself in interest, is involving himself in some bribery, some corruption. So now that ibadat is totally destroyed, and in fact is drawing down azab. Because this is something which totally drains out all the barakat, and actually draws down the azab of Allah Ta'ala. Especially in the case of interest, this is very clear, the ayat, the hadith of Rasulullah and other aspects as well. So they were going for something that was not just permissible, something that was their responsibility. And because they were going in the direction of something good, Allah Ta'ala then made the means of their safety as well. Nevertheless, as they were going, the storm broke out, so they took refuge in this cave. When they took refuge in that cave, just as they now took refuge in the cave, this huge boulder fell. Now a lot of times these kind of things happen and a person now will think about it that but how come and why did that boulder not fall just one minute before they entered? Because it fell one minute after. If it fell one minute before they wouldn't have entered. And if they wouldn't have entered they wouldn't have been in this predicament. But this is the hikmat of Allah Ta'ala. It fell one minute after so that they could get be, be put into this situation and they would turn now to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. فَلَوْلَا إِذْ جَاءَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا تَضَرَّعُوا Allah Ta'ala complains about the servants of Allah Ta'ala. That when some test came upon them, why didn't they turn to Allah Ta'ala in humility? Why didn't they beseech Allah Ta'ala? They started going to all other avenues and somebody started knocking the haram doors, knocking the door of the bank manager, knocking the door here and there. فَلَوْلَا إِذْ جَاءَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا تَضَرَّعُوا Why didn't they turn to Allah Ta'ala? Why didn't they humble themselves before him? Unfortunately, the hearts became hard. So that thought didn't cross the mind also. That let me first turn to Allah Ta'ala. Let me make two rakat nafil, salatu tawbah. Let me, let me make istikhar. 
Let me beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. Let me see where am I going wrong. Is everything in order or am I going wrong somewhere? Is my zakat in order? Are my transactions correct? Let me reflect. Let me check. That thought doesn't come to the mind also. This is when the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala has been taken away because of our amal. Because of the persistence in the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. When a person keeps persisting, then that results in this tawfiq going away. So in any case, Allah Ta'ala willed it to happen like this, because Allah Ta'ala wanted to display His Qudrat, and manifest His Qudrat, that Allah Ta'ala's system comes in favor of who? What is the way to get one's voice heard in the heavens? These people made dua, when they made dua, they presented something. What was it they presented? What kind of amal it was? What was the quality in those amal that made it reach the heaven? That's a lesson. That is what we are being taught. That we want to get our voices heard above. What's the way to go about it? So in any case, they got trapped in the cave. And when they got trapped in the cave, it's obvious that they would have first tried to do what they could. But to no avail, maybe try to shout, perhaps somebody is passing out there. You might just hear a voice. They might have tried to, okay, let's all get together and see if we can push something. But they tried to push and got nothing. Because it's a huge boulder. So whatever they could do within their means, they would have tried. That goes without saying. So likewise, this is dunya, this is the system Allah Ta'ala has placed in dunya. That we will have to do what is in our capacity. That a person, if he's ill, he'll have to take the medication. That's the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But the shifa will come from Allah Ta'ala alone. Shifa will come from the medication. Come from Allah Ta'ala alone. But he'll have to adopt the system. He'll have to do what's in his capacity. He will have to go out, earn a living, and make dua, Allah Ta'ala will put barakat in it. And he decides, no, I'm going to sit in one corner and only make dua, I'm not going to go out to earn, not going to do anything, not going to work. Then that's not how the system Allah Ta'ala has placed in dunya. The system that will then apply to him is that he does nothing, then he will have to bear the consequences also. And that is the exception. Allah Ta'ala does something for somebody without the means, that's not the rule. In dunya, that's not the rule. That's the exception. So now everybody decides, I also am an exception. And that's a very big claim. That I have got some very special position in the court of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will deal with me as an exception. No, we'll have to deal with the system. So any case now that they did what they could and nothing helped. So now one of them said to, other, to everybody there that today nothing will save you. Nothing can save you today except that you present to Allah Ta'ala some such action which you did only for Him. Now, ikhlas. Sincerity. This is the seed of goodness in everything. Without the seed of goodness, nothing can come out of it. Because there's no seed, there's no plant. <coughs> Ikhlas. Ikhlas is actually what brought their safety. Obviously coupled with the amal that are going to be presented. But the essence of it is Ikhlas. 
that without the sincerity, it is not just rejected, Allah forbid it will bring the opposite effect. Instead of acceptance, it will bring azab. That if something is done with an ulterior motive, done for some wrong purpose, other than the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So now that this person expressed it, each one now started deciding to present his amal. Here again, how did this thought come in the mind? That look, we need to come out of here, that we'll have to do something that is by presenting some amal to Allah Ta'ala. Such an amal which is totally filled with ikhlas. Where it came from? That thought too came from the inspiration of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala wanted to give them the way to exit from here. Allah Ta'ala inspired this thought. So now why did the thought they get this inspiration? Number one, they were the pious servants of Allah Ta'ala, as we understood from what we discussed earlier. And number two, they were going out for something that was according to the command of Allah Ta'ala, fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala. So with this taqwa and doing what is right, Allah Ta'ala inspires the heart with those things that take a person towards further righteousness. And inspires the heart with that which will be of benefit to one. Now many a times a person is involved in so many things and so many difficulties experiencing. Now he's complaining about the problems also. And he says, but you know what, I tried everything. Well, you tried everything. You tried making two rakats, namaz, tahajjud time. He says, no, I didn't make any time. You tried making dua. No, I didn't try. That thought didn't cross the mind. You tried going to the amil for the taweez also. But didn't make dua yet. Whereas in the hadith of Rasulullah the very, well, the hadith regarding the situation where Rasulullah was affected by some jadu, black magic. This happened. The last two surahs of the Quran Sharif were then revealed. And this was the way in which this effect was then taken away. But for a good amount of time, many months, Nabi experienced the ill effects of this. Now in that hadith sharif, it is mentioned that one night, Nabi made dua again. It was ongoing, but that particular day, da'a fada'a. In that this hadith sharif is being explained, now we are talking about Nabi and he has been making dua. And that particular night, he made dua and made a lot of dua. And on that occasion, the angel then came in a wahi, in a dream, that this is what has happened and how it has happened and where the whole thing has been buried and whatever else, all the details of it. But the lesson in that is that it was that dua that Nabi Islam resorted to very much. Da'a, fada'a, that emphasis. Often that dua is something that doesn't cross our mind. That's like, after everything we've tried and failed with, now we decide to try dua. Whereas the starting point of a mu'min is dua. Turning to Allah, wa ta'ala. So in any case, Allah ta'ala inspired this in their hearts, that you should make dua. And then not just make dua on a general note, present some amal also. So they had some amal. This is again another lesson. There are many times opportunities to do something 
solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Such a time, sometimes nobody would even know about it. These are things to take advantage of. And so to say, put this away as a as an offshore deposit for ourselves. We'll draw upon it when needed. A secret deposit somewhere. Besides Allah Ta'ala, nobody knows about it. We don't know when that will come to our aid. With the father of Allah Ta'ala. Many times these opportunities come and go. But a person doesn't grab it when it comes. Sometimes it's gone for a long time then. It might be some person who needed some desperate help. Somebody, nobody knows him. Nobody bothers about even giving him a second look. And at that time he was in a desperate situation. Somebody quietly came, helped him. Nobody even knows who came and who went. Allah, this is deposited with you alone. Sometimes it was something else, sometimes whatever opportunities come. And these opportunities are those that we have to treasure, grab it. These people had these opportunities and they took advantage of it. And they had deposited it. Like that secret offshore deposit somewhere. Even the taxman doesn't know about it. <coughs> the person draws it when he needs it. So in any case, now each one of them presented that amal. The first person, Nabi Salaam, is explaining what amal he presented. He starts off by saying, Allahumma in kana li abawani shaykhani kabiran. Allah, I had elderly parents. Now this is the top of the list. The khidmat of the parents. The respect of the parents. This is being presented as an amal. And this is something which is being presented, Nabi Salaam is explaining it, because this is among the most important things in terms of relationships. It is the most important thing in terms of relationships. There is no relationship that is more important than the relationship with our parents. And there is no relationship that brings greater good for a person in dunya than the good relationship he has with his parents. The khidmat that he will make, the honor and respect he will show, whatever he can do to help. There is nothing that brings more good in dunya than this, in terms of interaction with people, helping somebody, being of service to someone. Nothing surpasses this. The top of the list. A person, there have been many, many experiences of this. Sometimes a person is far away from being also, which is wrong, very wrong. And if a person leaves dunya without tawbah, Allah forbid he could be in serious problem in the qabr in the akhirat. But many a times this has been experienced that somebody who was far away from deen, but he was very much fulfilling the rights of his parents and making their khidmat, going out of his way to do that, to keep them happy as far as he can. Obviously if they are demanding something out of the limits of sharia, there is no obedience in that regard then to a person will respectfully decline to do that. But that respect still won't be compromised. Such people, despite their distance from deen, but dunya Allah Ta'ala gave them. Akhirat is a different matter. Akhirat is based on deen. And Allah forbid if a person left this dunya without tawbah, left this dunya without his amal in order, he is risk it risking serious problems in the akhirat. But many a times this has been noticed 
that those who were very good to their parents, taking care of them, doing the best that they could for them, Allah Ta'ala opened the dunya out for them. This is the barakat of this great act of being kind to one's parents, being good to them. So this person also presented this. Now together with this aspect of parents comes the things next in line, on a general note, maintaining family ties, again a very important aspect indeed. So much of emphasis in the Quran Sharif, so much of emphasis in the ahadith of Rasulullah The whole subject on its own of how important the family ties is. Family ties has been emphasized like perhaps anything else. To such an extent, so much of emphasis. So in any case, that also falls in the same category. And all other things that relate to the interaction with people, obviously according to its level. Now again, as we said, sometimes there are these opportunities to, so to say, uh, put something aside for ourselves, some amal. Maybe somebody just as this person now, he is talking about his parents, he says, Ya Allah, I had elderly parents, and my way was, my system was, that after I come back from grazing the animals and so on, I would not feed my family or anybody until I have given my parents their share of the milk to drink. That was the system that I had put in place, that the first people I would feed are my parents and then everybody else. And he says, Ya Allah, one day I came, now he's presenting his amal, Allah is, Allah is all aware of everything, Allah Ta'ala knows it better than he knows it. But now he is presenting it as a means to draw down the help of Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, I went out to graze the animals and that day I went a bit further away because the pasture was better outside, probably it was all not so easily available closer. I went too far away. By the time I came back, it was late at night. When I got back, my parents had fallen asleep. You see, I had this bowl of milk in my hand and I'm standing at their bedside because I don't want to now feed anybody before they've had their share. That they must get the preference. But now as it happens sometimes, a person is thinking, well, okay, just now, it will be something just now. Sometimes he's talking to his friend outside the masjid, wherever, he's sitting somewhere, and he says, well, okay, just now, he's going home just now. Now that just now sometimes, one hour goes away. And then now when he comes home, he says, no, I was planning to come just now. But that just now got so long. So now, then he has to face the other side of the just now also. So the point is that the time just goes away before a person realizes, because he's thinking, well, okay, it was now so long more, so just now it will happen now. So he carried on waiting for them to wake up. And he says, as I carried on waiting for them to wake up, my children were even crying at my feet. But I said, well, just now, and just now, the next thing it was morning. The whole night he stood at their bedside, waiting for them, so that they could be given their share of the milk to drink first. And he says, finally they woke up, I then fed them, and then gave everybody else their share. Now, this was not just something run of the mill, this was something extraordinary. It may not have been the correct thing to do at the time. That fine, put their share aside, give the others their share. But he was just so overwhelmed with that respect. And because of being so to say, so overwhelmed, he didn't, he made a miscalculation in the way he should have acted. 
But Allah Ta'ala overlooked that. It didn't come anywhere that he got taken to task for it. Because he was sincerely overwhelmed. He was just taken over. He just lost track of what the situation is. But Allah Ta'ala overlooked that as a result of his sincerity. And as a result of his good intention. And his good action. So now he's presenting this, Ya Allah, if I did this only for your pleasure. There was no other motive in it. It wasn't tomorrow somebody will put it on social media or something. Or tomorrow it will go on some other groups or whatever the case is. Allah, only for you it was done. If this was done solely for you, you know best. If this was done only for your pleasure, Ya Allah, move this rock out of the way. Upon him presenting this amal, that rock moved slightly. But it moved just a little bit, not enough for them to be able to leave. Now again, just to take the lesson from here, that he had some amal put aside. So to say, it was something that he took advantage of the opportunity, but this was so to say put aside, as we say for the rainy day. Now this was literally a rainy day. This amal was put aside. We also have those opportunities. And someday perhaps we might be able to also make dua in that manner. Ya Allah, there were these relatives of mine who were all the time giving me a hard time. I was trying to be good to them and they were still always troubling me in this way, whatever the way it is. But Ya Allah, I still went and made peace with them and I still went and humbled myself only for your pleasure. And Ya Allah, I didn't take any revenge. Who knows which day that might come to our aid. This is just an example. There are many, many opportunities like this. And these are the things where something is against the nafs. Now this was something very hard against the nafs. And the same theme will run across all these incidents. Something that really crushes the nafs. Such an action done solely for Allah Ta'ala. It really humbles a person. Sometimes to do something where it gives a person some kind of prestige. That's sometimes a big action done, but that becomes very easy sometimes because there's so much of, well, everything is in the limelight now. Now the person now, mashallah, is spending a big amount in some good cause. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala give more tawfiq. But sometimes that now is going to become known, is done in a way where it's going to become known. It becomes very easy sometimes, Allah forbid for the wrong, wrong intention. But where something really crushes the nafs, there the nafs gets some kind of, even if nobody knew about it, the nafs still gets some kind of enjoyment sometimes. But where the nafs really gets crushed, and a person undertakes that, and he does it solely for Allah Ta'ala, that has a different effect altogether. So similarly, we have these opportunities to go and make peace somewhere, to go and do something of that nature somewhere, and then keep that aside. Keep that aside, someday we don't know when that will come to our help. Because these are things Allah Ta'ala loves. So in any case, he completed his dua. Then the second person presented his dua. Says, Ya Allah, I had employed some people. I had employed them and at the end of that task, I paid everybody his due. One person got upset. He left behind whatever I had paid him and he went away. According to some narrations that detail is mentioned of what happened. What happened was, 
that he had hired some people from the beginning of the day. So they were busy working. Then somebody came in the middle of the day. And he came and said, please, I want a job. Can you give me some work to do? He wanted to earn something for the day. So he felt sorry for him. So he gave him a job too now. He says, fine, now he started working in the middle of the day. After the day was over, so everybody now had to be paid their due. So this person who worked half the day was entitled to half the wages. Because that was probably the arrangement also. But he had worked so well, this person was observing that he worked so well and he really applied himself. So he thought, doesn't matter, he worked half the day, what's the difference, give him the full wage also. So he gave him the full wage. But now another person who had worked from the morning, he got what his due was. If he was supposed to, to receive a thousand rand, for example, or hundred rand for that day, so he got his hundred rand, but now he took offense. I worked from the morning, you give me hundred rand. And he worked half the day only, you give him hundred rand also. So this is unfair. But what's unfair about it? You were told if you work for the whole day, you get hundred rand. So didn't you get your hundred rand? So when you got your hundred rand, so what's unfair? No, but he worked half the day, how he got hundred rand? Now, how futile this argument is. But if you really think about it, how often we get involved in such arguments and such futile disputes, which have no basis really. And they are sometimes just the mischief of shaitan. That if somebody else has been receiving something as a favor from somebody, so why does that person receiving a favor become an injustice to us? It's a favor to him. Whoever did the favor to him is entitled to do the favor to him. That's his prerogative. But why must that person getting a favor mean that we are being dealt with unjustly? How does these two things tie up? If somebody was dealt with in a, for example, more friendly manner, and we were perhaps dealt with in a average manner, for example, so because that person was shown a little bit more attention by whoever it might have been, our parents, whoever it might be, so that little extra attention to somebody, how did that become injustice to us? We got our due. Yes, if we were now abused, something else was done, that's a different matter. But one is like how sometimes a person, so he's got now a certain projection. Ask him how was business? Business was very bad. Why business was very bad? His prediction was that he's going to make a certain amount of profit. Or that certain pro- amount of profit that prediction he made was a nice handsome figure, some seven digits. But now it only got left to ten, six digits, not seven digits. So now business was very bad. Why? Because his projected figure wasn't earned. So now the, the not having earned a profit that he is regarding as a loss. That's not a loss. He's not making sugar on the profit he made. He's made six, mil- six figures already, but he didn't get his projected seven figures, so now he's de- declaring that as a loss. Whereas that is Adamun Nafa. That is a lack of profit. It's not a loss. There are two separate, separate things. A lack of profit is one thing, and a loss is something else. But now Shaitan takes a mind away in a different direction. So what the person earned also, he's not making sugar for it. And he's grieving over something that was never his. That was never meant for him. 
So likewise here, we also get into these kind of disputes based on flimsy things, baseless things, which are generally just a reflection of something in the heart. Some dirt, malice in the heart, some kind of jealousy, various other maladies of the heart, these find expression in all these futile things. If somebody got invited to an occasion and I wasn't invited, is that injustice to me? If that person got invited, Alhamdulillah, but was it first when the person invited me as well? Was it wajib? Was it even nafil? Was it some kind of special virtue he'll get if he invites me? So how did that become an injustice to me? And why should that become a means of offense to me? But how offensive it becomes and how much of offense we take on it. So we might find this very, very ajeeb that now this person, why he's making such a hue and cry about it, but that's what unfortunately we do. And if we reflect, this is what this Hadith Sharif is all about, to take these lessons. So in any case, when this person now took offense on this, I worked the whole day, you give him a hundred rand, he worked half the day, why are you giving him a hundred rand also? So in that mode, moment, like often happens, well okay, if you don't want to give me more, don't give me anything, leave it. Either everything or nothing. Not everything or nothing, either more than everything or nothing. So he got upset and he left it and went away. When he left it and went away, what was this person's responsibility? That he left it and went away, so it was now an amanat, take it and put it aside. And the day he comes, give it to him. If he comes one year later, give him the 100 rand. He comes 10 years later, give him the 100 rand. Whenever he comes, give it to him. But now this person thought differently. This person thought differently. He didn't think like how he would have thought. He thought differently that this is an opportunity. This person has earned something. Now he left it and went away. So perhaps he might have tried to locate him because he didn't know him. He didn't have any idea where he stays, who he is. Maybe he just came for the day to work. So he couldn't locate him anywhere. After trying and failing in that, he then took that money and invested it. Invested it in what? In some livestock or some whatever it was. Then that started growing. It was maybe perhaps two animals he bought. That started growing now. Then he started becoming a bigger flock. Now this is somebody else's goods. He's tending to it, looking after it. After a long time, this person comes back. After a very long time. And he says to him, look, please don't uh, deprive me of what my right is. Whatever I am due, please give it to me. He says to him that, I have been waiting for you all this while. You are right, I am waiting to give you from how long? This entire valley filled with all these animals is yours. So he says to him, please, I didn't come here to be mocked. Please give me my due, let me go. So he says to him, I'm not mocking you. This is the reality. He explains to him. And then he says that in his dua, he's presenting this to Allah. Ta'ala. See Allah, he took everything away. He didn't leave one thing behind. <laughs> now, out, one is to take somebody's amanat, his money, put it in a safe, lock it up and look after it. Very simple, very easy. But to tend to somebody else's flock in this manner, and every day to attend to it, to see to something is getting sick, something needs some other kind of attention, and it needs to be grazed and whatever else, and there's so much of work involved in it, to look after somebody else's things in this manner, is not a small thing. And that too, stemming out of this kind of dispute, where there was no fault of his, 
But he did all this. Now, this business of his, he probably had a very different concept of what his business is all about. His business wasn't about dunya. His business about, was about akhirat. So Allah Ta'ala made that business a means of the good of his dunya also and the good of his akhirat as well. So now he's presenting this, Ya Allah, if I did all this only for your pleasure, that is the most important thing in it. Ya Allah, if all this was done only for your pleasure. Now here also packed away something. How we pack away sometimes, we, oh that is the encouragement given, was pack away something for the rainy day. But this is the real things to pack away. Those are amal. So he had this as his backstop. Ya Allah, if this is, was done solely for your pleasure, move this rock out of the way. And as he presents this amal, Allah Ta'ala causes the rock to move a little more. But again, not enough to come out. Then the third person, he now presents his amal. says, Ya Allah, there was this cousin of mine who was very beloved to me. And he says, I tried in many ways to what he was actually wanting to get her involved in haram. But he says that every time she totally refused, blankly refused. He says, after some time she became very, very desperate because of the difficult circumstances, poverty and starvation. So one day she came again. So again he presented the same condition. Now this is unfortunately what keeps happening. Again, these are the same lessons. That people, for their evil motives, they prey on other people's desperation. Somebody is in a desperate situation, or somebody else tries to take advantage of that desperation for their wrong motives. This is really, it's like somebody is already down and out, and say, now kick the person further. Somebody is already down and out, now trample him completely. And this is indeed a very, it's worse than the crime itself. So in any case, out of that sheer desperation he says, that she finally agreed. And he says, I eventually gave her 30 gold coins, or 60 gold coins, dinars. And he says, as I was on the verge of committing the haram, she spoke up and said, Ittaqillah. So when she said that, it shook his heart. He said, Ya Allah, I left that place and went away without committing any haram and without taking that money back also. I let her have that money and I went away from there. Now this was something that, again, as we mentioned at the beginning, those things that really crushed the nafs. The first incident also really is a humbling thing. The second one also, somebody is in a dispute. He disputed the situation and went away. And now to do him this favor. Not an easy thing. Somebody who has, so to say, made a dispute without basis also. And now still to go out of one's way to be good to him and do a favor to him. It really grinds at nafs. And this is what's most beloved in the court of Allah. Ta'ala. Here again, this is the nafs at its peak. Now the person is trampling that desire of the nafs 
and he is moving away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. He says, Ya Allah, if this was done solely for your pleasure, Ya Allah, you remove this rock. Now there are many such situations that come in the day-to-day life of people where he is being invited towards some haram, to haram glancing, to other haram issues. But at that time, he makes a deal with Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, I am refraining from this only for your pleasure. And there will be the time when he will need that amal. Obviously, we can't really, we are not anywhere close to the, to the level of these people that we can even have any kind of confidence on any amal. But we can still imitate them. We can still emulate them in some small, minute way. And that emulation also is very beloved to Allah Ta'ala. The emulation of the two servants of Allah Ta'ala, that too is beloved to Allah Ta'ala. The magicians came to oppose Musa wasalam. They came to oppose the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. But for whatever the reason was, they emulated his appearance and dressing. Probably as a kind of mockery also. But they emulated his dressing and appearance. Allah Ta'ala gave them hidayat. When all of them suddenly accepted iman, Musa salam turned to Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, these people came to oppose me. Allah Ta'ala sent wahi to Musa salam, but they came in your appearance. So this little emulation also will be, inshallah, a great thing for us. So, likewise, we also have these situations where we have to just crush that nafs. And inshallah, we'll see how this will open pathways for us. Now, when this amal might have happened, all these things these people did, at that time, a person cannot foresee where this will come to his help. And dunya is dunya, dunya will pass. But the akhirat is the real place. These are the things that will come to his aid in the qabr. These are the things that will come to his aid on the day of qiyamah. These are the things that will take him with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala to Jannah. And apart from that, Allah Ta'ala's grace is beyond our imagination, unlimited. These things become the means of even the good of dunya also. So this is the lesson that we have to take to heart. The summary of this whole thing was primarily the ikhlas, the sincerity, and these amal that we try to maximize these opportunities, take the best advantage of it, grab these opportunities, to quietly, sincerely do something for Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. And whatever amal it might be, it might be sometimes just that two rakas in the dead of night, the eyes just open, we can't sleep, for the sake of Allah ta'ala, sometimes some other amal, sometimes that talking to Allah ta'ala from the depth of the heart, making dua for the ummah, whatever it might be, something or the other, we keep taking those opportunities, in one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu says, Inna lillahi nafahatun fil ard, fata'arradu laha. That they are the rays of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala that come down onto the earth from time to time. Which we sometimes, this is how it's sometimes expressed as the moment of acceptance. There's some kabooliyat ki gari. And the hadith is actually what the statement of the hadith is, that Allah Ta'ala sends down these rays of mercy onto the earth. A person who coincide some amal with that moment when that ray of mercy is descending on the earth but this is it, he got the, he's done therefore Nabi says be ready for it the thing is we don't know when it's there it could very well be there now it could be later, we don't know the issue is whenever that opportunity is there not to procrastinate not to delay it for some other time to take full advantage of, the, of that opportunity and in this way inshallah we'll make our dunya also 
and most importantly we make our, our akhirat as well Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen mashallah we have the good opportunity of being part of a khatam of the hymns of the Quran Sharif inshallah Hafiz Yusuf Qazi sahab will make khatam of the Quran Sharif then we'll have a short little bit zikr and dua أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقيل اليوم ننساكم كما نسيتم لقاء يومكم هذا ومأواكم النار وما لكم من ناصرين ذلكم بأنكم اتخذتم آيات ذلكم بأنكم اتخذتم آيات الله هزوا وغرتكم الحياة الدنيا فاليوم لا يخرجون منها ولا هم يستعتبون فلله الحمد رب السماوات ورب الأرض رب العالمين وله الكبرياء في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الفلق من شر ما خلق ومن شر غاسق إذا وقب ومن شر النفاثات في العقد ومن شر حاسد إذا حسد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الناس ملك الناس إله الناس من شر الوسواس الخناس الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألف لام ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه هدى للمتقين الذين يؤمنون بالغيب ويقيمون الصلاة ويقيمون الصلاة ومما رزقناهم ينفقون والذين يؤمنون بما أنزل إليك وما أنزل من قبلك وبالآخرة هم يوقنون 
أولئك على هدى من ربهم وأولئك هم المفلحون صدق الله العظيم
ilahul alamin ya allah make us your true and obedient servants ya allah make us your sincere servants ya allah make us your loyal servants ya allah ya allah make us your true lovers ya allah ilahul alamin fill our hearts with your ishq and muhabbat ya allah ilahul alamin you become ours and make us yours ya allah ya allah you become ours and make us yours ya allah ya allah cleanse our hearts out of all the evils ya allah remove all the evils from our hearts ya allah cleanse our hearts from the pride from the jealousy from the malice from the arrogance ya allah cleanse our hearts from all the evils ya allah cleanse our hearts from the love of dunya ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah ya allah enable us ya allah become completely obedient to you ya allah ilahul alamin fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya allah fill our hearts with the muhabbat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam fill our hearts with the love of his mubarak sunnah ya allah fill our hearts with the love of deen ya allah with the love of the amal of deen ya allah with the love of the efforts of deen ya allah use us in our progeny till qiyamah for the efforts of deen with ikhlas and afiyat ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah save us from all the fitna and fasad ya allah ya allah you protect us ya allah keep us forever in your protection ya allah allahumma la takilna ila anfusina tarfata ain allahumma la takilna ila anfusina tarfata ain yalla don't leave us to ourselves for the blink of an eye allah allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil walid allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil walid yalla look after us like the little babies look after allah ilahul alamin save us from all the fitna and fasad ya allah ilahul alamin yalla save the ummah from the fitna and fasad ya allah yalla save the ummah the schemes of the enemies ya allah billahul alamin those who are bent on destroying this ummah ya allah allah turn their schemes against them ya allah ilahul alamin save the ummah ya allah ya allah save the places of the ummah ya allah save the masajid ya allah protect the makatib and madaris ya allah protect the khanqahs ya allah protect the marakiz of deen ya allah ilahul alamin protect the haramain sharifain ya allah protect the haramain sharifain ya allah protect the haramain sharifain ya allah ilahul alamin expel the forces of evil from the mubarak land ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah protect the life the health the wealth of every muslim ya allah protect the iman and amal of every muslim ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah keep us steadfast on deen ya allah keep us steadfast on sirat mustaqim ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah accept the khatam of the quran sharif that took place ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah make it a means of every khair and barakah ya allah make it a means of every good for the family ya allah make it a very good for the progenies to come ya allah ilahul alamin make it a means of progress in deen and dunya ya allah ilahul alamin make it a means of gaining your qurb ya allah make it a means of gaining your muhabbat ya allah ilahul alamin with the barakah of the quran sharif ya allah the khatam of the quran sharif ya allah allah accept our broken amal ya allah accept our feeble duas ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah all those who are sick give them shifa kamila ajila mustamira daima allah remove every trace of their ailment ya allah those are in hospitals ya allah give them shifa and afiyat ya allah bring them home hand hail and hati ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah those are any kind of difficulties and hardships remove ya allah grant barakat in each one's rizq ya allah grant us halal and tayyib rizq ya allah save us from every drop and grain of haram ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah all those who have passed away from our families from throughout the ummah Ya Allah you make their complete maghfirat ya Allah fill their qabrs with noor ya Allah grant them the high stages in the akhirah ya Allah ya Allah the time of our death take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah ya Allah take us on iman kamil ya Allah take us on tawbatan nasuh ya Allah take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya Allah make our qabrs gardens of jannah for ya Allah grant us the shifaat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah Ya Allah all the work of deen that is taking place accept it ya Allah make it a means of hidayah ya Allah ya Allah forgive the mistakes and oh, ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah unite the ummah ya Allah unite the ummah ya Allah ya Allah unite the ummah ya Allah unite the spouses ya Allah unite parents and children ya Allah
Allah. Unite brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite families, Ya Allah. Unite the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, all those who asked us to make dua, Ya Allah, you are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jai's needs from the grave, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our greatest need is to become yours, Ya Allah. Our greatest need is that you become ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make ours, Ya Allah, make us yours, Ya Allah. Do become ours, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله